you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc. Now here's this week's message. Good morning, Compassion. Aren't you glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Amen. You guys look good. So glad to have you here. I hope you've had a good week. Amen. Hope God's blessed you. Amen. You ever misunderstand something? You ever think something is one way when it's actually the other way? My wife the other day sent a group picture out, and we have a family group text. She sent out a group text of this picture of Austin, my son, as a little baby. So I text back, aww. Well, my kids started texting back, uh, what? Finally, my wife texts back in the group text, uh, your daddy's not paying attention like he normally does. It wasn't a picture of my son. It was actually a picture of my wife as a baby. And I do have to be honest. I was not paying attention like I should have been. I was doing something, and I looked real quick, and, you know, and tech challenged. I just, okay. And just real quick trying to text, put a text in there. Aw, and they're all, again, misunderstanding. I saw something one way when it was actually another way. Today, we'll talk some about that, but we begin a new sermon series today called The Road to Easter. I'm sure you've heard of what is called Holy Week. Holy Week is the week starting on Sunday leading up to the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. For the next few weeks, in fact, this series is a little bit longer than our normal series. We normally do about a month-long series. This is about seven weeks. I'll be talking about every day leading up to the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The only day we'll leave out is Wednesday. As we study scriptures, we don't really see that anything happened on Wednesday. We do Monday and Tuesday, Thursday and Friday, Saturday. So for the next weeks, I'll be talking about this, going into some detail. This Sunday, we talk about the triumphal entry, what we call many times Palm Sunday. It's a little odd talking about it today when we actually celebrate Palm Sunday, the Sunday before Easter. But we're going to talk about it today. It's what we call the triumphal entry. As Jesus Christ has just come from Bethphage, he's on his way now to Jerusalem. He's entered to Jerusalem. As he's going to Jerusalem, the people begin to line the streets. Jesus comes riding in on a donkey. A colt. As he comes in, they're laying palm branches across the street. They're waving them in the air and they're singing, Hosanna, Hosanna. What a glorious day. Again, the triumphal entry. At this moment, what Jesus was doing as he came into Jerusalem was he was announcing that he was the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, that he was the Messiah. That's what he was coming for. We're going to learn in a few moments, though, Jesus comes in to announce that he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the Messiah, the Savior of the world. Although they are praising him, singing Hosanna, Hosanna, 
They're not praising who they thought they were praising. Since Jesus comes in, he's riding on a colt. And there's a lot of symbolism in that. In a few moments, I'll, I'll share that symbolism with you and what it means. But until that, I want you to turn with me and look at Luke chapter 28, going through verse 31. Luke chapter 19, verse 28 through 31. Sorry, I left out 19. I apologize. Does anybody have a wife that gives mean looks to you? David, does your wife give mean looks to you? I, I was drawn by the Holy Spirit over here. I don't know why. It's just like a magnet. The Holy Spirit drew me over here. And I could have I could have gotten off. I could have been coming today, but I really meant to come to Armando. I don't know which it was. It was just right here. I don't know. But I, I said Luke chapter 28. I meant to say Luke chapter 19. And my wife goes. That's what she did. Luke 19, uh, verse 28. Can I go on as it okay? All right. As you drink your coffee and didn't get me one. I am so in trouble when I get home today. I just, I just, I'm going to have a, my wife's going to make me have a bad day. <laughs> Let's go on and get to the word of God. When he said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. And it came to pass when he had drawn near to Bethphage and Bethany at the mountain called Olivet. Listen to what he says. That he sent two of his disciples saying, go into the village opposite you, where as you enter you will find a colt tied on which no one has ever sat. Loosen it and bring it here. I want you to hear this part right here. And if anyone, and if anyone asks you, why are you loosening it? Thus you shall say to him, because, hear this part too, because the Lord has need of it. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the word that we're about to receive. I pray that every heart, every mind to be open to receive God what you've got in store. Let not one, not one leave this house the same way that we came, but blessed by your word and your presence. In Jesus' name, Lord, amen. As you see here, Jesus tells the disciples, I want you to go to the village opposite of us. I want you to go in. You're going to find a colt tied up there. Jesus, I love how he goes in detail. He said, you're going to find a colt tied there, and no one's ever sat on it. And I thought it was kind of ironic. Uh, how are they supposed to know nobody's ever sat on it? Is there no butt cups in the back of the colt's back? I, I don't know. But the Lord says... It's never been ridden, risen, ridden. It's never been risen. Praise God. It's never died, been risen from the grave. I'm tired. I'm just, I just want y'all to know today I'm tired. I had a meeting all day yesterday, and I'm, I'm in Oklahoma City for Compassion Network, and I'm tired. So, anyway, as we go on, what is the symbolism of the cult? Well, one is, as we see the symbolism that what we would expect a king to ride upon as he comes into a city would be a stallion. That maybe he comes riding on this big, beautiful black stallion or white stallion. He comes riding in, and when he gets in the middle of the city, the stallion raises up on the back hind legs. And goes, 
You want to hear that again? <laughs> that would be the image that they would probably expect from someone. And here's the problem. Those who were lined up across and aligned the streets singing Hosanna were there believing for a Savior from Rome. Not a Savior of the world. How many times do we small thank God? We, we thank God for only this problem when God's bigger than any problem we can ever face. And that's in their mind. Someone's going to finally come. To be honest with you, they don't really know and perceive him to be the Messiah himself. What they're really hoping is he'll just be someone that will get an uprising that will come in and get them away from the Roman Empire. So one is you got this symbolism of this, this cult that he should have been on a stallion, a big horse. The second thing is you, you begin to see the symbolism of it's a borrowed coat. If we would think of a king, we would think a king owned his own horse. He had a whole bunch of horses and chariots. There's symbolism that this coat is not even his, that is borrowed because it shows what? That God isn't this rich, mighty God. That God is the God who comes in humility. And he says, when they ask, if they ask you, why are you loosening this colt? You're to say the Lord has need of it. If I could put a subtitle to the sermon today, my subtitle would be the ifs. The ifs. Uh, in this passage, there's three times that Jesus himself uses the word if that becomes very powerful with a triumphal entry that we need to hear today. We first hear that if, when he says, if they ask, if I could, I guess, give point number one, point number one to today would be, if anyone ask. If anyone ask. Why you act the way you act. When someone at work is in need or sick, you're the first one to go and pray for them. Why do you do that? Because I know that my God can heal them. I'm a, I know my God can take care of them. I know my God can get them out of the situation they're in. If someone comes and asks, why, why, why do you go to church every Sunday? I mean, it's your time off. You could be out playing golf, going fishing, doing other things. Why in the world do you go to church every stinking Sunday? You can say, because my God said that we're not despised as sibling of the brethren. In other words, you need to keep going to church. You need to be with other Christians. You need to hang around with other followers. Why? Iron sharpens iron. That's why I do it. Why do you keep following God that seems to come antiquated in this day and time? You know when you talk about God, it, it almost comes off that you don't accept everybody. You're not inclusive, which is the funniest thing to me. Because of any religion out there, the most, the, to me, the most inclusive religion is Christianity. We love everybody. We accept everybody. Now, we may tell you what you're doing is a sin. That's what's happened to the world, that we can't call sin, sin. I can call what you're doing sin, but still love you. I can call what you're doing as a sin, but still not judge you or be mean to you, still love you and accept you and hang around with you. I can still do that, Amen. See, 
We have to learn that when it comes to the if, if someone asks, you need to be ready, as the Bible says, to give an account of your faith. If someone comes to you and says, why in the world did you quit your job to go make less money to work for a church? Say, because it was God. God had need of me in the kingdom of God. That's his will. That's his desire. That's what he is calling me to. When people ask me, why did you choose being a pastor over a male model? God called me. I, I see no reason for laughter there. Not one bit. I, I, when a man's trying to be serious, he gets joked at and laughed at. See, in other words, this is what Jesus said. Someone's going to come to you, and when you start loosening that colt, Jesus said the way it was going to be, when you start loosening that colt, someone's going to come to you, and they're going to say to you, why are you loosening that colt? Are you still in it? What are you doing? But what you're to say is, and this is what I love, Jesus, or the Lord has need of it. You see nothing else after that. They said, all right, enough said. Drop the mic. If some of you would say, thus saith the Lord, this is what God said, it would stop some of the pain, the problems, the issues, and the arguments that you have in your life. God said it, so it's true. That's the end of the conversation. We're done because God said it. That's all you need to know. Amen. That what I learned in my life is, is if he said it, if he told me, if this is the way he laid it out, I'm going to trust him. I'm going to believe in him. And I know that he's going to do it in my life. Amen. Amen. Number two, go to Luke chapter 19, verse 37. You guys are doing good today. Remember, the more you amen, the shorter my summon gets. That doesn't count right there. Then as then he was now drawing near to the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that had, they had seen, saying, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees, you know there's always a Pharisee, right? Some of you, listen, some of you Pharisees. In fact, probably some of you are like, yeah, there is. You're one of them. And some of the Pharisees called to him in the crowd said, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. But he answered and said to them, I tell you that, here's the next if. If these should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. Here's if number two, if you keep silent. You know what I, what I wish would happen on just one Sunday? That some of you don't get into praise and you just sit there like a knot on the log. What I would happen, would pray one Sunday would happen is as you're sitting there just, that all of a sudden the chair beside you would rise up and start praising God. That's what, I, that, see what, what he says is if they keep silent, the rocks will cry out. That's what he said. Listen, somebody's going to praise me because I'm the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Somebody's going to praise me. Now, either it could be you or it could be the rock. It could either be you, it could be the chair. I don't care which it is, but somebody's going to praise. Now, I, I do want to say to you guys, don't, you don't say anything, all right? Um, it's, it's, it's a secret. Y'all praise way better than the second service. They, they do. I'm, I'm just being honest. You do. 
You know, I, I don't have time to go in today, but in essence, he rebukes these Pharisees for saying, how dare you tell them to be quiet? Now, we know why the Pharisees said, in other words, you're not God. They didn't think he was God. And they used to say, they shouldn't be praising you. He said, listen, I'm telling you, if they don't, the rocks will. You make a decision. We've got to learn to be praisers of God. I'm telling you, there's power in praise. There's deliverance in praise. There's liberty in praise. Listen, I don't have time today, but if I could go into all the words, all the Greek and Hebrew words for praise, can I tell you the, the, the number one word that I love about praise? It's called a word called Hallel. And the word Hallel actually means this, to be calamorously foolish before God. So let me say this to you real quick, all right? I don't want to mess up some of you, but some of you that were raised in a certain kind of denomination, you didn't believe in praising God, standing like a knot on a log, you did not get that from the scriptures. You did not get that from the word of God. You may have got that from tradition, doctrine, from your denomination, but you did not get that from the word of God. I can give you tons of scriptures. Scripture talking about hands raised. Amen. The shaking of the hands, shouting in a loud voice. Kaleo to me, calamorously foolish before God. Amen. There's tons of scripture that talk about praise. The problem was you just probably never were taught it. Why? Because the church didn't want you to act out of character. But God wants our praise. Now let me say this. If the only time you praise God is on Sunday morning, that's a problem. Because you're not praising God to praise God. You're praising God to be seen. Praise should always be vertical, not horizontal. What do you mean by that, Pastor? I don't praise so Sally Sue knows I'm a great praiser. I don't praise so everybody thinks, oh, man, look how spiritual they are. I don't pray. In fact, if your praise is drawing more attention to you than it is to God, you're not praising. And there's always a group. See, there, there's always extremes on both sides. There's so many that sit in the church that you don't do anything. But then you got some in the church and they all over the place. And I'm like, what are you doing? Uh, years ago, I had to tell a woman that. I had to, she was going crazy in the church. One day she about slapped me upside the head. She come running around the front. I was on the front row, and it was like, this is no last. My wife, it was a metrics moment. I literally just happened to open my eyes, and she was right here, and I went. <laughs> and I called her aside, and I said, you are not praising God. You, I said, hey, she, how, how do you know? I said, because I watched you go back to your seat. You got back to your seat, and you went. I said, you are not praising God. I said, stop, not to, I said, stop doing that crap in this church. Stop it. But for some of you that are sitting there like a knot on the log, God didn't design you to be that way either. There is power in praise. There is freedom in praise. Listen, can I tell you there is peace that comes in praise that at that moment you don't care about anything else but praising your God. Amen. Since Jesus is coming on this triumphal entry, riding on this donkey, they're waving the palm branches. Oh, the disciples are praising him. They know it's the King of kings and the Lord of lords coming, but the earth did not that we've got to learn to praise his name. In fact, that leads me to the next one. Go to Luke chapter 19, verse 41. Now, as he drew near, he saw the city and wept over it. Now, remember, this is God, the Savior of the world. And he says he wept over it. If, here's the third if, if 
you had known. Even you, especially in this, your day, the things that make for your peace, but now they're hidden from your eyes. Number three, if you had only known, if you had only known. I think there's some Sundays that we have individuals that walk in the church and they leave not with everything they could have had. I think there's times in, the, in your life when you're reading the scriptures and if you only would have read a little bit deeper. There's times in your life that you're on your knees in prayer if you'd only gone a little bit longer. If you would have only known who you were serving, if you had only known who is your God, if you had only known what he could do in your life, that he can set you free from all addictions. I watched the, is it Murdoch? The Murdoch trial, anybody been watching that? They're asking this man, uh, from what I understand, was it $50,000 a month or something like that? In a week, oh my God. $50,000 a week in oxycotton and hydrocodone. $50,000 a week. I don't know how that don't kill you. See, if he had only known that there was a God that was bigger than his addiction, if, if when you got a report from the doctor and it seemed like there was no hope, if you would have only known that there was a great physician that is bigger than your disease, if in the middle of the chaos of your bad marriage that you felt there's no hope, that divorce is intimate, if you would have only known that there's a God that can rejuvenate and revive a love like you had never known before. If. See, Jesus gets to the other side today and he looks down on the city and said, if y'all would have only known who was with you, who was in the midst of you. See, the Bible says where two or three gather in his name, there he is in the midst of them. There's three type of what we call the presence of God. There's what we call the omnipresence of God. That he means he's everywhere. There's the presence of God that comes in your life when you get saved. He lives inside of you. Then there's what we call the manifested presence of God. And that's when two or three come together that God's in the midst of us. He's here today. We can't see him with, his eye, with our eyes, but he's here. And if God's here, then all of his attributes, character, are here with him. His healing, his joy, his peace, his freedom, his liberty. All of those things are here, if only you would have known. See, the Bible says that the kingdom of God is near or at hand. What that means is we have this idea that the kingdom of God is up in heaven. That's not what that means. The moment you get saved, you're part of the kingdom of God. And all of its attributes, all of its citizen rights that belong to you are here right now. Then in the middle of that chaos that you're fighting with in your life and you feel like there is no hope, the Bible says for greater he that is in you than he that is in the world. You think that thing is stronger than you and more powerful than you. What you don't know, that is a lie from the pits of hell. God is bigger. If you would have only known. See, if you look at these three ifs and understanding, if someone asks you why you do what you do, your answer is, God told me. God's word says, God has need of me. That's what you say. 
Why do you praise God the way you pray? Because I'm telling you, there ain't no rock, no chair, no other object that will outpraise my God. I'm going to praise him. For he's worthy of all my praise and all my adoration. And I want you to know, if I'd only known, but I know now, that everything I'll ever have need of, ever want from my God, it is right here waiting for me. See, when you think of the triumphal entry, I want you to think of the ifs today. If I'll just speak his name, he has power over every situation. If I will only praise him today, God will open my eyes to see what's going on. If I would only get the mind to know who he is, what he can do, what he's capable of. How many need healing in your body? Raise your hand. Amen. Do you know he's the great physician? He said, for by his stripes, you are healed. How many needs a financial blessing in your life today? Raise your hand. Amen. The, the Bible tells us that he owns a cow on a thousand hills. Not a thousand cow on a hill. That's a lot right there. But he owns cattle on a thousand hills. Guess what? Your daddy rich. Your heavenly daddy is rich. He ain't hurting for money. But listen, there's one outlet to get God's finances and blessings in your life, and that is your generosity. I never want you to think that it's trying to be self-serving for me as a pastor. I am telling you the way God opens doors. We've got a, you know, our other church, our other campus over in Holiday. We've got property on the other side, and we got a call the other day. They called somebody wants to buy the property. We couldn't find out years and years ago the person gave us the property. But they're offering to buy the property. We had a board meeting this last week, our uh, annual budget meeting. And this is what we decided. We need seed money for other financial blessings. In fact, we need to do about a $45,000 parking lot over there. There's gravel. Some of you women with heels, you'd be dying over there. You'd be dying. We need 45000 for a parking lot over there. So what we decided to do, we're going to give them the property. We're going to seed it to them. It's yours. Just have it. Pastor, are you crazy? No, I know my God. And what moves my God is not begging for money. What moves my God is being generous. And when I'm generous, God blesses. Amen. How many need a touch in a relationship? Marriage, mom and dad, friendship. What do you just need a touch in your relationship? Raise your hand. Amen. Do you know God not only can heal your body, he can heal your relationships? Amen. And it may be sometimes daily, weekly. Amen. God's more than able. If you had only known. If you would have only known. I want you to stand with me. For all the hands that ran up, if you don't mind, I'm just going to pray for you. God, I pray for every hand that was raised. In the name of Jesus Christ, for Lord, for those that need healing. Lord, for those that need a financial touch, for those that, Lord, they need a relationship mended. Lord, I pray today, whatever the circumstance, whatever the situation, I pray today in the mighty name of Jesus Christ that, Lord, you would step in the middle and work it all out. Bring healing, deliverance, freedom, financial blessings, restoration, and mending of relationships right now, God. I thank you for it, Lord. With every head bowed, every eye closed, one last question. I want you to know Jesus Christ loves you. It doesn't matter where you've been, what you've done, or what sin you've committed. He loves you today. And if you want to make him the Lord of your life, 
If you want to spend your life eternity in heaven, then I want you to know all you have to do today is this. All you have to do is admit that you're a sinner in need of God's grace and wonderful love. Believe that he is a son of the living God, died on cross, rose on the third day, and with your mouth confess him, Lord of your life, and you shall be saved. It's that simple. If you're here today and you'd like to give your heart line to Christ, I want you to raise your hand right now. Is there anybody? Amen. 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 I've got three. Give God praise. I want all of you, not just three, to say this prayer with me. Say it loud. Say it proud. Say, dear Jesus, I invite you to my heart and into my life. Forgive me of all my sins and all my ways. I repent and I come to you and ask you to be the Lord and Savior of my life forever and ever. Amen. Give God praise today. We are so happy that you joined us today. Here at Compassion, we value family, which means we value you. If there's any way that we can be praying for you and believing with you for something, please make sure that you let us know. You guys have a great week, and we'll see you here next Sunday. Thank you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc.